0: Small business focus on the money show. Uh, I want to talk, before we get to five actions for your small business and how to make sure that you can survive a downturn, especially in the light of the horrible growth numbers we saw um, just earlier this week. Growing up as a kid and listening to the wireless, um, sitting in the dark listening to the wireless, it's like being back there again. Um, you, I used to, There was a man called Anthony Lejeune who did a letter from London and was all very plummy. I didn't understand a word of it. It was all way over my head, but it sounded very smart. So I, you've just been to London and you've just been to look at the business case community in london Uh, and i want pablo fatidi's letter from london this evening give me a a sense of uh, of what you found because you you went to amsterdam i think and you went to london big big holiday
1: (laughs) (laughs) a very very busy holiday yes you know 18 rand to the pound bruce you make sure you have back-to-back meetings and over a period of four days, I think, I think I managed about 22 meetings or something ridiculous like that. Very good. Um, and getting around London is difficult. It takes time. You're walking up and down escalators and stairs and trying to get in and out of tubes. It's an expensive process. But here's the thing. The city of London, the economy in that environment it's is growing at 3.6%. Booming. It is dragging the muddy island of England out of the doldrums. So there were three things that I looked at that were fascinating. I visited a series of incubators over there, and South African incubators are uh, doing just, really just, well. Sorry,
0: just, just in case you understand, you think that Pablo fatiti has been hanging around a maternity ward. Or
1: chicken breeding <laughs> Or a chicken brood. Bre- bre- breeding <laughs>
0: chicken farm. Um, you visited businesses like your own, businesses that help other small businesses to grow and flourish.
1: Correct, yes, right. yeah.
0: And the thing that really knocked my socks off is that out of every 50
1: entrepreneurs that I met, Bruce – Nine were British. The youth, the up and at it, positive, energetic, creative youth of Europe is conglomerating in the city of London and it has created a momentum and energy there that is remarkable.
0: What kind of things are they do? The,
1: the range is extensive.
0: Is, is Is it all smartphones and computers or are there real jobs too?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> There are a few real jobs, yeah. but obviously, startup environment is very tech orientated, extremely tech orientated, and you know it's something we're going to get onto a little later in the show. And the argument I'm going to put to you in terms of how you deal with the recession is that every business today, Bruce, is a tech company. Every single business, okay. from dealing with laundry, making hamburgers, or smart apps on phones, you're a tech business, and if you're not, you're going to be in trouble. So, in any event, there was this tremendous amount of energy there, and when I spoke to people, I said, "Why?" couple of things firstly, the policies that have been put in place by the government, the policies that have been put in place by uh, Boris himself, the Boris mayor Johnson
0: of, the mayor of London the mayor of
1: London yep. are really taking traction. Investors are incentivized to invest their money into private concerns because the banking industry doesn't you a bank doesn't invest in an early stage business no. but an entrepreneur who's made money will understand the environment and take a bet on a few small businesses. They are now incentivized to do that. We've been arguing that in South Africa for some time under the Section 12J legislation, which apparently is going to be changed to make it more affable. The second thing that was really interesting is that you've got broadband everywhere. And it is broadband At 70, 80 megabits per second.
0: I I was in the UK fairly recently as well and um, uh, there's a Huawei device which is just mobile broadband. You put it on anywhere you like. You can wear it on a string around your neck. Peter Hendel, don't tell me that I'm going to get cancer please. Um, He sends me tweets every every time I I mention uh, broadband and we mention he mentions radiation. Um, but, But it is, you become immediately empowered. I mean it is the most extraordinary speed of access to the internet that I have ever Experience Bruce,
1: I, I saw entrepreneurs starting businesses in Finley Park under trees. It was for free. They hook into the cloud, which is lousy broadband, but they can still work and they can still innovate and they can still speak with each other. The third element that really made the big difference is our home is your home as long as you contribute to our home. Absolutely. And they've opened their borders to young entrepreneurs on a level second to nothing that I've ever seen anywhere. Why not go and eke out the talent from other countries in Europe that are stodgier, that are slower, that are moving sideways, and in some instances not moving at all, where young people can't find jobs? Why not invite them into your country where they've got good ideas, they've got good energy, they've got some resources behind them, and they're arriving there in order to do business? When you create that kind of pool of talent and energy, That's what's needed. The incentives are there, the funders are there, and the entrepreneurs are there. And that mixing pot is creating some very, very
0: exciting energy in that country. Fantastic. So, I mean, and and it just shows that the right policy framework then leads to a a, a natural progression. And it's like moths to a flame, if you like. People will go to an environment which is business-friendly. They will go to an environment which allows them to be creative. They will go to an environment and contribute in that environment, spending the money, hiring people, paying their taxes, whatever it is they're doing. And it becomes an ecosystem all in its own right.
1: Yeah, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy as well. It builds on itself. It really does have a snowball effect. And it would be great if we could get those sort of activities going over here. It really okay.
0: would be. I'm um, pause for a moment because there are a lot of people who are feeling quite despondent. They saw the growth numbers come out earlier this week. It was Tuesday morning uh, where the economy contracted in the first quarter. Everyone's feeling it. You talk to motor dealers. You talk to Correct. all sorts of people. Everyone is feeling that there's just this air is coming out of the system and you can't breathe as deeply as you once could. So I need five actions, maybe, um, in about seven minutes from you this evening. It's what we can do as small business owners to make our businesses thrive and survive and perhaps emerge from this downturn stronger than the way we went in. Pablo Fatidi is from Auric Business Incubator this evening. Been to London, inspired by London and what policy decisions are happening there and driving the growth of small business. But here at home, we've got a new small business minister. Isn't that awesome?
1: Yes, it's fantastic.
0: Uh, the look on your face suggests not.
1: Well, you know, there are there are a couple of concerns over there. We've got three ministries now involved in the economy. Um, the two ministries we had previously struggled to coordinate policy and programs, with the third ministry coming on board. I really hope that the arrangement works more effectively and efficiently. And also, Bruce, you know, establishing a new ministry is no mean feat. Um, I really hope that our minister. She certainly is a very, very feisty minister with very strong views and strong ideas, is going to be able to successfully wrestle away the bits and pieces from the Department of Trade and Industry and um, Economic Development that matter
0: in order to create uh,
1: independent policies suited honestly to small business, not big business and not other business, but small business.
0: And and you just hope that the department doesn't become somebody's empire to build. Um, because it becomes about themselves, yeah, r- very much so. than about small business. Okay, so in environment, it's pretty rough. Things are difficult. Yeah, it's tough. Um, five actions that we can take, please, to uh, make us a bit more robust. Okay, let's
1: start with attitude.
0: You know, a good entrepreneur
1: is like flowing water. If you look at how water flows, what did they feed you in London? It, <laughs> you shouldn't eat. Don't eat the cookies. No, but listen night. to the analogy. Okay. So I thought long and hard about this. It's like flowing water. When water flows it and it hits an, of an of obstacle, least yeah. it finds a path of least resistance. And when it hits an obstacle, it goes over, around, or underneath it. A bad entrepreneur, a bad entrepreneurial attitude is like water that hits an obstacle and dams up. But when it dams up, it evaporates and it stagnates. So in a tough economy, you can't afford to freeze. You've got to move. And you've got to move through right attitude. Because, Bruce, the way you choose to see the world is the way that the world will happen for you. It goes
0: back to what Warren Ingram was talking about earlier, just about the habits of of successful people versus the rest of us. Um, And it is entirely about attitude and the way in which you approach problems. Some people see problems as obstacles which can't be overcome. And if you are like that, well, then you will stagnate and you will fail.
1: You will. Mm. And the one good thing about a tough economy and a slowing economy is that the only solution then is change for whoever it might be. Change could be for the better or for the worse. But for business – change means price might matter speed of delivery might matter short-term contracts instead of long-term contracts might matter the ability to start delivering a service and have to change the service midway in order to suit your customer's requirement might matter all of those elements talk to building your business against a very different business model, something that small businesses are good at. And those are going to form the actions that we should focus on.
0: Okay. Attitude. Good.
1: Okay. So the next thing is, what is your value proposition? And the value proposition is, in other words, if you work with me, this is what you'll get out of me. And Bruce, in a tough economy, people start to look for different value propositions because their their businesses have changed. They've got new problems emerging. They obviously need new answers, new solutions, and new ways of being worked with. And that's what we've got to find and seek out.
0: Ask not what I can do for your business. uh, Ask what you can do for mine sort of attitude, I suppose. Sorry, JFK. (laughs) (laughs) Something very, very close to that. So if you find
1: the right value proposition, and where do you find the right value proposition? It's going to be with your customers. And which customers are you going to go and sit with and ask? What problems are emerging in your business and what can I do to solve those problems? It's going to be the customers that you've got relationships with, but more importantly, that you make money off. Mm, So if you don't have good books and a good ability to cast out which customers make you money and which customers don't make you money, Start with that first and foremost.
0: And, and times like this, actually, going mean, to be going through that exercise to go and get the tips from your best customers. It's probably also a good time to chuck out the ones that are more of a, a hassle than they're worth.
1: You know, the number of entrepreneurs I've met that said, I cannot afford to lose this customer. And three months later, once we've cleaned up the back office and we've got some proper numbers coming out and the costings are flowing right and accurately and reliably.
0: I cannot afford to keep this customer. I cannot
1: afford to keep this customer. It's remarkable. The people who we think make the money for our businesses are not necessarily the case. Rely on numbers because the numbers, if they're accurate, are going to tell you the true story. So fix up your numbers because that then helps you move in the right direction. Like it. The next thing is once you've got that right and you've found these customers and you've sat and you've had countless cups of coffee with them, asking them what can you do for them, and the value proposition is then clear as to where you're going to direct your business, you've got to then fix your this thing called the business model. Remember, we spoke about you the don't business, like model. business models. No, I love business models because a business model basically says, "This is how I do what I do in order to give you what you've asked for." It's the cogs of business. Right. It makes up the business model, and every good business model has got seven cogs in it. Every single business model, whether you're selling pancakes, technology or whether you Apple or, whatever or Microsoft. Whatever it might be,
0: but seven cogs. Why has every business got seven cogs?
1: Well, let's think of the first cog. It's about marketing. Right. And the marketing cog, when it turns, only has one action behind it, generate leads for the business. The next cog that sits behind marketing is the selling cog. And it only has one function, convert the lead into a customer. And as we go through the business model, Hmm. we've got a supply cog, we've got operations cogs, we've got people cogs, money cogs, management cogs. They all need to work in sequence. And if you really think what a cog really is, Bruce, it's just a series of activities that you perform in the business.
0: But one of those cogs gets stuck and the entire machine comes to a standstill.
1: Yeah, it really does. Or it cranks along and limps along. So in quiet times as we are currently facing and in slowing times, This is the opportunity you have to sit back and say, how do I reorganize the cogs to work work more effectively together, to look at what processes and, and activities I'm performing that are repetitive and redundant, and how do I clean up that machine to deliver this new value proposition for the customers as they have told me they need the value proposition delivered? Gotcha. It's a fantastic time to do that work because there's nothing more frustrating They're knocking harder and harder on a door that's interested but is going to take time to open because decisions are taking time to be
0: made. One of the biggest mistakes people possibly make at a time like this is because they get into panic mode, they stop doing these things you suggest because they start hyperventilating and chasing deals just to keep the cash coming in, just to keep head above water, just to make sure we don't go bust, just to make sure that when times turn better, we'll be okay. And rather than fixing the underlying issues in the business, they just multiply and actually make the business even more of a, a, a nightmare to manage.
1: you spot on. It, it's at times like this when the cash flow is under pressure that you chase every single thing that yeah. possibly comes across your path and you become everything to everyone, which means you become nothing to anyone in the end. So there are three things we want to see in this new business model. Number one, become agile. And agility means that you can move into spaces very quickly and very easily. It means you can test new things and fail fast and learn from it and develop the thing that works. Become flexible. Turn your fixed overheads, your fixed costs, Bruce, into variable costs. Yeah. It hurts your margin a little bit, but rather be flexible with your cost structure so you can ride the wave. Absolutely
0: important. Give me one last one because ha- I have to let you go.
1: Oh, no. Okay, one last one. I have
0: to be variable. I have to be flexible.
1: (laughs) You've got to be flexible and, and agile. Finally, then, I suppose, be opportunistic. Look at the sector you're in. For example, if you're in the mining sector, trust me, you have got resources and a delivery capability in your business that probably is equally suited to, for example, the agricultural sector. So get out there and find that gap. Close it with an agile and flexible business market.
0: I'm going to finish with a fabulous SMS this evening. Uh, Right attitude to customers is the secret of our small pharmacy. Check the attitude of those who serve. It's not signed, but it sounds like it comes from my friend Abdul, who runs a fabulous pharmacy, Um, because it's precisely that, and that is the first check and balance of absolutely every business. Pavlov Fatidis on a Thursday night from Auric Business Incubator.